All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Oilers Nation Radio. We're back. It's Friday. Liam's on the beat. Bag Milk here. Dan, Rick, Tyler, we're all in studio. The gang's all here today. We got plenty to talk about. Two games this week for the Edmonton Oilers. Two coming up this weekend. We got the big game on Sunday. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that as well, but we've got a whole lot to get to. But first, we got to start off with a shout out to our friends at Oodle Noodle. 18 locations and counting with a brand new one down in Calgary. Jay took the flame nation crew out for lunch this past week they finally got something to eat that was worth eating in calgary sorry respect them to her having a little nutrition tyler as we do every week on this podcast we start off with a delicious debate for our friends at oodle noodle what have you for us today fill in the blank so this is like from your own perspective you're going to finish the sentence if ken holland doesn't trade a first round pick at the deadline i will feel blank Confused. I'll jump in first. Confused is going to be my word because there's got to be options that are worthy of a first round pick, especially in a year where you're in the window. I won't be necessarily mad if he doesn't trade it. If there's nothing that comes along that's worthy of a first round pick, but I will be confused. Who's up next? I will just say I'd be underwhelmed. Uh, This is the Edmonton Oilers team that was in the top four last year. I don't know if you necessarily sit here and look at the league right now, if you would say that they are the top four team that they should be this year. And so for that, the blame falls squarely on Ken Holland in the sense that he, as he said last night, he has to help these guys out and make them, uh, make them into the true contender that they need to be at this point. Rick, what do you think? I think people are making too much of a big deal about this first round draft pick. Like there's a couple holes that I think we need to fill. 
but I'm not so sure that you need to use that first round pick to to do it. So I'm not going to be overly upset if it doesn't go, but he fills the holes I'd like to be filled. Um, yeah, I just think people are making too much of a big deal of this team picked up these guys to win and then won the cup and we are what we are. And there's some spots that need to be filled. I just don't think you need to uh, use that first overall yeah. for the first. What was your blank wood? Not overly upset. That was your finish. It's not, yeah. It doesn't have to be one word. Just finishing yeah. a sentence. Yeah, this is not Tuesday. This games are so confusing. Mm. Um, I more of a Mad Lib situation today. Yeah. yeah, I was really excited to get you on a technicality. There. <laughs> yeah, you said more than one Wrong word. Wrong day. My word would be, I don't care. IDK. Okay. Oof. Because wait, IDK would be I don't know. IDC. I, I also yeah. don't know. Unless but, you're spelling care the cool way. The yeah. K. And a three. Yep. I also like that going after Rick for not having a one word answer. You <laughs> mm-hmm. came up with a three word answer. Yep. IDC. I don't care because I just don't know what they would spend it on because I don't think the defensemen, for example, who were asking nope. being asked for a first round pick are worth it. Nope. The forward group, the Couple. rumor is that you can get Taves for a second or whatever. Right. So you don't need to spend the first there. They can't afford Maya. All that's gone. Uh, who else is there? Tarasenko's gone. I mean, like if Ryan O'Reilly's in the conversation, sure. But like, I just don't think you need to put a first round pick out there if the market isn't there for it. Yep. And they always have enough assets to acquire what they need without necessarily having to trade it. Now, I'm not against it. I've said multiple times, I think they'll trade it. But yeah, that's kind of how I feel. So IDC. That's why I would just say confused, right? Like hmm. there's got to be something out there where you feel is worth it. But if it's not, then but I'm you don't, not, yeah, you don't just I'm spend it just to spend it. it. Yeah, exactly. I'm not rattled if they don't spend like it. Like you obviously use it to try and get Ryan O'Reilly. There's mm-hmm. not really a defense. Yeah, whale hunting. You're going to be doing that. I want to get a f- big fish. Maybe. <laughs> and I, I don't think you've like, I get the, uh, I get why people want uh, Patrick Kane, but I just okay. don't feel like that's the player we need. I think we need that defense. Well, I mean, we saw it on the, in that game against Detroit. We need a solid uh, defensive forward. I'd be happy if they spent a first round pick on like a defenseman that was a younger guy who's going to be around a while. Yeah, but I just don't think it's. I just don't think that's feasible or possible. Or well, Jacob Chickren's out there. I just don't think it's happening. And I don't think Jacob Chickren's that much of a. I I don't think you need to add him. Like I guess if you're adding him, you're doing that for a long term. If you're you you don't need him to to do the run this year. If you're adding him, then you got to like you're someone else gets subtracted out there, and I don't think you need to do that. I thought he was a top ten defenseman. Well, that's just just the people that look at those charts. I muted so many people on Twitter. This I can't wait till the deadline's over because everyone like, and there's such a very vocal part of Oilers Twitter that just hooks on three names mm-hmm. and they scream it out loud. And if you don't do it, you're the worst. You're terrible. The guy should be shot to the moon. It's yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense at all. So I just would like it all to go away. Ty guy. My word would be disappointed. And I guess the context around it would be like, Hey, if he trades his second and a third this year and his second next year, and that gets him like Jonathan Taves and a D man and a depth winger. And like, if he makes a few ads and just happens to not touch the first, then I think that's fine. But I just feel like we're in a year where you need to be doing everything you can to make this team as perfect and well-rounded as possible. And if you sit on your hands and your two deadline moves involve trading third and fourth round picks to get Kulikovs and Derek Broussards of the world and bring those guys in. Good PK guy. You're just doing a massive disservice to this core. And that the just, Kulak trade was a big part. Was it was a big deal last year? It wasn't. 
it was a good it deal. Helped, it helped it the helped. team, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's why I said if he moves his second and third rounders and makes a handful of moves, then sure. But I do still think this team would benefit from making a big splash, going out and getting an O'Reilly or getting a Jonathan Taves or someone along those lines to beef up the forward core. And if Holland's going to sit there on his hands and say, no, no, I'm happy with a seventh defenseman and a fourth line winger, then I just think it's it's nothing short of a failure. And there's just no justification for it. There's zero. But how many guys on Frank's list do you think you would put in a, uh, you'd, you'd use a first round pick for, but that's, I don't know if that's even fair to ask Tyler at this point, just because, because as of right now, you're oh, right. There's a right. list right there, but I know, but like looking at the value of what happened with the, with a Tarasenko deal, he was on the yeah. list. The price is now lower. The, the yeah, probably so, so more reason, not, to, so more reason not to use a first round right. pick. And I think that what, I think that there's a bit of a divide here in the question. And Tyler and I are looking <laughs> at it in the sense that like if Colorado, the Colorados of the world, the, Seattle, whoever it is, those teams that are contending with you have all sent out a first round pick at the trade deadline to try and bring in somebody and the Oilers are still sitting there with their first round pick. Then we're saying we're disappointed. Well, you can send that first round pick out and they come in with a flat tire for you. Yeah, you could. But, but, just but I want just because but you I want a first round pick doesn't mean you're bringing back somebody good. That's why Ken Holland is the general manager. Of the Taves or O'Reilly are good, and I yep. agree with you. Like I said, Ryan O'Reilly, I'm down with that. So like Taves, if if Liam's correct there, and it's, you don't need to go to the first, that's sure. amazing. Sure, yeah, even better. And I'll applaud Ken Holland if he can get one of those high end pieces yeah. and not use the first. But I'm saying it will probably take it because you're gonna have to give up a first or an equivalent to get a Taves and. You're going to have to add something to get a third team to take some of this money off your hands here as well. Like it'll be a complicated deal. And I wouldn't be surprised if it takes a first round pick to get it done. And I just look at those high end fits. I think all five of us in the room would agree. Taves or O'Reilly would look perfect on this team. Yep. Are we in the Stanley cup window? Yeah. Yeah. So what's the debate? Do it. That's what I mean. Like that's why I would, that's why my word was confused. Like if we walk out of this trade deadline with another Jared Smithson type, trade deadline. I'm going to be bummed about it. Just remember what we did though, right before COVID, we spent two firsts on a rental, which you're supposed to do like quote unquote supposed to do. Yeah. And that turned out to not work at all and fucked us for how many, how, how long are you talking about after see you? Yes. Yeah. But that was like, that's that process. I'm just the saying, line I'm just of saying thinking with that making those trades isn't always going to bring back something. Isn't always going to work for you. Sometimes and, it can work against you. And we were very happy at the time that the trade happened. Yeah. Yeah. All of us were. Yeah. So like, so what was that? Two deadline. seconds, right? For so so yeah. I don't necessarily disagree or I don't necessarily agree with you there just because I think everybody was really happy that he made that action and tried something and went for it. Sure. Now, but in hindsight, everyone still shits on him for fucking making that deal. Ooh, I don't, do I don't you? see it. Well, the, the, you don't see it. I don't see people shitting on him for the, the offense. Vote, oh, it happens all it the, happens all the time. But like, they also the, but people like, ignore the fact it. that COVID happened. But yeah. also you can't use that as your baseline for like, no, whatever. I'm, just, I'm, like, just, I'm using it as a baseline as saying, you know what? Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Don't spend it just to spend it. Spend it because you know it's going to work. I, I just have to be honest. I haven't heard that criticism myself, but, but, and that's fine. But even then, like we're saying, that's the fringe criticism. That it's is not the, not that's, not the, that's not the so common loud. criticism of his FNSU pickup. Everybody that people with, I should say, I shouldn't say everybody, anybody that looks at that conversation with the context around it understands that he made a move and then a global pandemic happened. So the global pandemic they, or not, the FNSU just didn't, the, the trade itself didn't work out. But like if the pandemic didn't happen, the cap doesn't stay flat and FNSU stays. Yeah, but he's not guaranteed to have a, have the same year he had yeah, in the LA game, the next what year. A, he, what if he yeah. just? But kept, what's guaranteed is that he would still be here. Yeah, maybe yeah, not today, but at the next season he would have still been here. But and it's not guaranteed that the trade didn't work. Like he, nothing's was not, guaranteed. But what are we arguing about at this point? 
Is Ken Don't Holland, trade your first round pick just to trade your first round pick. But is Ken Holland the general that, manager to make the transaction? Sure, you're saying that if Seattle and Colorado move their first round picks, we need to move ours. Colorado didn't. Yeah, move because if Seattle year. and Colorado move their first round picks and, and get legitimate like, and get legitimate top six forwards for it, and Holland sits there and goes, "Well, I gave up my fourth and got insert this Nola Chari." That sucks, man. And the Oilers yeah, won't I'm win. I'm just saying your first round pick doesn't always work out, though. We do, we move, but it's got a better Athena- chance of working out than if you do nothing. Athens see you did not work out, did it? Can't lose fifty bucks at the casino if you don't go. But damn it, you can't win a hundred either. <laughs> <laughs> I dig that. Where's the trap table? I just, when it comes to. But we to, don't need to do something just because other teams do Ken it. Ken Holland does, though. That's the Why? thing. Because he's the general he, manager of the If Edmonton the other Oilers, teams are improving the Oilers or not, then he's not doing his job. I didn't say the other team were not improving. I'm just saying you don't have to use that first. So well, yeah, the I don't trade your first for Max Domi, but like, why? <laughs> <laughs> so this is who traded a first round pick last season. Go for it. Vegas in the Eichel deal. Yep. Uh, there was a conditional one in the Toffoli deal. I don't know if that. Which ended up coming to fruition, I believe. Uh, top 10 protected that yep. was. So that went. Ben Chirot. That mm. didn't work out too well. Nope. Um, there was one in the Brandon Hagel trade. Lindholm and the Giroux trade. So Florida traded two first round picks last year. And did they make the second round? No, they oh. lost. They lost to Tampa. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. And then I think there was one more. Sorry. Small. They tab. made the second round to be clear. They, they just lost second the round. Yeah. And then there was one more. Oh, no, that was it. Colorado traded a second round pick for Lekkonen. And New York traded a second, two seconds for Andrew Cup. I think the argument is, is I don't think you necessarily need to trade a first round pick to make your team better. I but, you agree. Do meet, but you do need to make some but moves. You need to make your team better. Yes. Now, if you make your team better and you don't trade that first round pick, then what does it matter? Yes. But you can't just make your team a little bit better is my point, which is why I said, if he trades two sure. firsts and a third and we have a new third pairing left D man and we have a centerman and like, and if Taves only costs you a second and a third and a D man costs you a second, then yeah, I'm still going to sit here and be like, Ken Holland had a good deadline, but it can't just be looking at Frank Servali's list. It can't be a fourth rounder for Nick Sealer and Andreas Athanasio again, who's happens to be on the list. <laughs> so sorry, how many players do you think on again? that list will go for a first? So the four defensemen, what name? Meyer, O'Reilly. Athanasio for two seconds, by the way, yeah. just yeah. for the record. Meyer, O'Reilly. Chikrin, if he gets moved. Kane, Will. Taves is on the fence. Maybe Brock <laughs> Besser because he has term. Okay. And that's probably about it. So six players. Maybe six. So if, uh, Maybe Jake McCabe because he has term. So, and I think there's only two of those players that we'd be involved in, no? So if the Oilers don't acquire one of those seven players of a first-round pick, we're going to be disappointed. I would be, yeah. It just yeah? It, okay. it depends on the movement from everybody else, of course. And that's when that comes into play, obviously. Because then your trade deadline may have been all for naught. And nothing really happened and no movement happened. And it's the worry of all the networks, including Daily Face. I don't think you worry about what the other teams around you. Make sure that your team, you feel confident going with your Twelve forward, six defense, or whatever. You're, I think as long as you go ahead with your roster, you don't need to worry about who is what's going on around you. So, of those seven players you named, the only there would only be probably three I would want the others to actually acquire: mm-hmm. O'Reilly, Taves, and I would like them to acquire Chikrin. I just wouldn't like to them to acquire Chikrin at the price they want. But I would spend a first round pick on him for sure. But you wouldn't move Broberg. Uh, probably not, just because of the contract stuff. 
I just think the Oilers are going to find a way to keep cheap contracts on the deal, yep. on the cup box. So the next season, you can have a great top six like they have now. Yeah. They have it, folks. Sorted. Play the extra. <laughs> Done. <laughs> just wrap that up real nice. 15 minute pod. Let's go drink. It's Friday. If you have an opinion on what we're saying, or if you're yelling at your car stereo or wherever you listen to the podcast, hit us up. Owen Radio Podcast. I would be blank. If Ken Holland does not trade the first round pick, like Rick said, we're not giving away for free. However, there are some opportunities potentially to make a major addition using that pick. We'll see. We'll see. The Oilers are one of the few teams that have actually been good over the last handful of years that have not moved a first round pick. So they're starting to collect some pieces. I wonder maybe more they'd be moving pieces out. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see again. Owen radio podcast. I want to hear from you. I want to back up a couple of days, boys, because we haven't had some games to talk about here in a minute. We got two this week, uh, Detroit 5-2 win on, what was that, Tuesday? And then last night, a 2-1 shootout loss to the Flyers. Real quick, Dan, what was your thoughts on the Detroit game first game back? Uh, I mean, it kind of went to the the script that I thought it would, uh, just just they, except that they started really, really well, the Oilers did. Um, but then uh, Detroit kind of battled back into it, and then it was just over from there. The Oilers just decided to, to play hockey and beat them. And that was awesome to see. Rick. I was jacked up, but it is more because it was, uh, the game was kind of in the mud. It got dirty. It got, you know, they tried to intimidate it and and play physical with us and we stood up and handled them. And I think Detroit has a bit of a reputation in the league of being a bit of a bully and, uh, and it didn't work. I thought actually I, I, talked about this in my righteous sack beating yesterday on better late than ever. I thought the Detroit red wings were fake hard boys in that game. They were where if there was a group of five of them on one, they're all in, or if the linesman is standing there in front of them, they're hacked and hard and tough. But then when a guy like Evander Kane starts no, washing when, faces, when Ronick had it, when Ronick was squared up with clean oh, so and clean gotten his, and like, you really, you want, and no, I don't even think he looked him in the eye. Of course not. He just looked him in the, sh- in the, in the skating. Yes, sir. They're fake hard away. Boys. So that actually annoyed me a little bit. I like the way that the Oilers responded. They responded. They responded the way I want them to. It's just, if you're going to play that way, answer the bell. Oh, you shut him up. So this is what everyone's like, oh, it's going to be so physical next game. I don't think it will be. I think Detroit learned their lesson and they're going to keep their mouth shut. They're obviously scared. I don't know if they'll keep their mouth shut. I'm expecting the exact same kind of little dog tactics. Yeah, it, like, but you've already pissed these guys off. It's going to take much less now to get Kaleem to drop the gloves. It feels like David Perron really took over the identity of that team. And he just kind of, they play like he does his entire career where he's just kind of actually, a de- that's a good observation on the fringe. Just kind of, you know, he's annoying up with everybody, but never. Yeah. Really but you see him, you see face. when, when Vinny grabbed him. Yeah. Oh, well, dude, he yeah. was like, he was, his face went white and he's looking up at the guy. Uh, didn't didn't even say a word to him. Well, Prawn's not going to do shit. But that's exactly the response you want to see from the Edmonton team. And Ricky, I think you yeah. said like the response was absolutely. That was perfect. my be- that was my you, favorite part of the game. Even you, though, even though we scored five goals, it's the fact that we showed up and and we matched the physicality and the intensity yeah. and one upped them. You just let them you let them punch you in the or poke you in the chest a bunch of times, and then we said enough is enough, and we started to play the game. and We scored a bunch of goals on them. Tyler, awesome. Detroit game. It's nice to see that they didn't lose their jam and all the momentum they'd kind of built up, right? Yeah. Like even though the last six periods they've played haven't been their best hockey by any stretch. They showed in that Detroit game that they're still willing to stand up for each other. They're able to crank up their level of play kind of when they really need to and still have that element of like playoff style hockey, desperation, however you want to call it. The game against Detroit was really encouraging for me from that perspective. Liam, final word. Final word. 
I think the Oilers played very well. They came out with like good energy, especially right off the bat, but mm-hmm. they did get lucky in the first period. Oh, there's it's what? Two, job. three posts. Yeah. That post guy yep. showed up to play. Um, but yeah, the, I like the fighting spirit and I like the willingness, like not to back down to all that stuff. And, and Van the Kane said it in the post game, right? That they're a tough team now. And I think Kane, Carson and Dejane have brought a positive identity to this lineup, which is going to help them a lot in the playoffs. And, you obviously don't need to see it every night, but it's good to see it when you need it to be there. And Jack Campbell played well. Jack Campbell was very, very good against Detroit. Uh, what about last night against Philly? Reverse the order. Liam, you're first. Well, there was no fighting spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't even I made him put his coffee down. Whistle there. Yeah. Um, nope. There was no whistles either. Yeah, was... No penalties. That was how, how, how did the Flyers play 65 minutes of hockey and not do one thing that merited a penalty? I, I only think, saw one or two, though. I so. think it's because John Tortorella told them they had to. I like when you watched him with that replay where he was humming and hawing and mad about it. I think it was because he told them that they don't want any penalties against this team. And he knew that he was risking taking that penalty. Oh, that's an interesting I just, I just think that that was like, like when you play the Edmonton Oilers team, that, that Philadelphia, when we look at that roster on paper, if I told you that that Philadelphia team played like Detroit did the night before, yeah, I don't, I think everybody would have believed me, but they were just absolutely, they didn't touch anybody after a whistle. They were not engaged whatsoever. Physically, they were just playing really good team defense and not engaging with us whatsoever. Oh, they trapped a, They trapped that came they up. They trapped so like yeah. crazy. They had a strong, they had a strong forecheck too, though. Like we didn't, well, have, they, we didn't have very many but, easy opportunities what and, I we thought, were, and we were terrible at picking the puck off the boards. What I thought Philly did really well is they pop back into the trap. They would clog up the neutral zone. And when the Oilers got too cute and invariably got caught up in that mess, Philly did a really nice job of turning it around to going the other way with simple, smart, effective plays. They had a really good back to front kind of move the puck forward. Tyler, what were you going to say? I was just going to say there was a player like 15 minutes ago, 12 minutes ago where a flyer had the puck along the boards in the Oilers end. And there was like no one that close to him yet. And he pinned it right up against the boards yeah. of the skate. And it was like, that is a hundred percent how John Tortorella is going to coach this game. Is like, I don't remember a time where a play has been whistled down like that. Yeah. Any, any time recently anyway. Well, we've had maybe one or two this year, but yeah, it usually takes like nine guys on the yeah. boards. Yeah. And maybe one guy like falling down already. Yeah. There was one, there was one team playing last night to win the game. And then there's one team that was playing to just see how it goes. Yeah. they yes. they were playing not to lose, not playing yeah. to win. So, I mean, but that's a, it's a shame that the Oilers didn't have a better effort because they are way more skilled than that Flyers team. Yep. And if the Oilers would have had a bit of a pulse offensively and just kind of could have gotten their heads out of the gutter a little bit quicker, like they did in the final six minutes or whatever. If they flip that switch halfway through the second, they win that game four one. Yeah. Cause to me, like in the B cast last night, I said the Oilers kind of played 10 minutes of like Oilers hockey. The rest was just kind of slogging through the nonsense just that matching is the, what Philadelphia was doing. Yeah, exactly. To me, it reminded me a lot of the game that Tyler and I went to against Columbus three weeks ago where the others weren't playing the simple straight North South hockey. They were getting a little bit cute. It wasn't working. And then they were getting frustrated a little bit. Maybe, I don't know. It was just, it was one of those ones where you flush it, you take the point. Thank you, Stuart Skinner. Cause he was great. You move on. Yep. Saved their bacon with about 12 seconds left to go. Yeah. Oh man. Stuart Skinner was fantastic Unreal. last night. He was really, really good. So the nice part for me right now is that the Oilers have two goalies that are playing really good hockey. That's a nice problem to have. It's fantastic. Yeah, life is good. What are you doing on the weekend? Who gets what? I flip a coin. Don't matter. That's how good one they're playing. One and one. Yeah, yeah. As long as they split them up. 
I would go Skinner tomorrow and then Campbell Sunday. Why is that? Just because Skinner played the other night, played well. Not that Campbell didn't, but then it's kind of reward that a little bit, give him some momentum rather than killing the momentum of potentially both goalies. I think they're just going to go to Campbell. I think that there's back to him I being 1A. They, I think they probably would too. But also, I don't know. I don't know if there is a 1A. I, I don't agree with I don't. I don't disagree there with isn't. you. I just think that yeah. that's kind of the mentality that they're at again. Is, is I think they're just rolling. I, yeah. I guess... With Campbell coming back, playing the first game back, maybe that did identify as Campbell is their kind of go-to for now. I was also giving given Stu a couple extra days off after yeah. all that. Yeah, I guess. That's a good point. The, the nice part is that both guys are playing. doesn't really matter right yeah. now. No, we just need the five guys in front of them to start playing better. Yep, Because that was the thing that bothered me about last night's game is when Skinner puts in a performance like that to have them only give him one goal of support. Man, that sucks. Because when you got a 972, I know... Um, Carter Hart at a 970, but like we have a 972. Carter had some pretty good saves too. Yeah, especially in the third period. I thought he was really good. That stop on Connor in overtime was Oh, 100%. Like love save. But it just, it was frustrating for me. It's like, man, Skinner gives you another one of those performances. We only get one goal. We should go sometimes. That's really what it is. Is that a couple of those this season? Yep. Washington one stands out the most. Those Edmonton area goalies were looking really good last night. Yep. Southside versus SP. I miss the days (laughs) when we used to enjoy overtime. Because it was just automatic. That's yeah, that's why I wanted to need Clefbaum to get lowered from the, the rafters at yeah. some point. But we've only, what was that, our sixth overtime game this year? We've uh, lost five many. now. We've lost five overtime games? And we've had two I shows. thought we were two and three going into the overtime last night. They have five OT losses on the year. Oh, I thought he said, well, five. <laughs> well, yeah, well, this is easy. Five OT losses and two OT wins. So two and two, three and two is what they are. I think we have two shootout losses, one last night and one other one. So two. Can we just kill the shootout at this point? Like it's such a bummer to me to have OT wrap up and go to the shootout. (laughs) So Bettman was asked about this in Florida and cause like McDavid said, he'd rather have 10 minutes of three on three. And Bettman was like, oh, well, you know, it's a lot more wear and tear on the players. And I'm like, fucking how it's It's, like two extra shifts of three on three is not wear and tear. It could go longer, but it most likely won't. And let people from lower in the roster get out there. Let's get some weird matchups that's what coaches are for is to literally identify if their players are too tired to play the yeah game. that's a good point like i don't know i just gary that's is such a so ironic considering they want to extend the schedule to 84 games <laughs> yeah well yeah. i mean they'll get rid of two five minutes possibly every six games is going to kill him after 30 years of having gary bettman as a as the commissioner, I think we all just know that when he answers a question, he just answers it for that question. You realize NHLPA has to sign off on this too, right? Of course. So this isn't all in just Gary. No, but no, but like, words, but he's the but one Gary, talking. But Gary talking about how he cares about the wear and tear. Every business players. owner of that age, every, like you did, Goodell did the exact same thing yesterday well, or two days ago. That's what they do, though. Yeah, yeah they're very lawyery. Yeah, well, all of them. All lawyers. Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah, they're very lawyery. Uh, that's just, well, that's just, that's just what you get out of those guys, those business owners of that age. Before we move on, I got to tell you about the cattail crossing blades of steel pond hockey tournament that is coming up on February 18th and 19th out at cattail crossing the blades of steel three on three pond hockey tournament hosted by cattail crossing golf and winter club and presented by sticks together foundation. It's fun for all ages. This is a kid's of the uh, bring your kids to this tournament. If you want to play now, one thing I will tell you about is you got to get your team in by February 14th. So if you're looking at the date today and you're going, Holy cow, it is already the 10th. Where's February gone? Well, your time is running out. Head on over to sticks together, foundation.com sticks 
sticktogetherfoundation.com to enter your team to play. If you're wondering what that is, Sticks Together aims to provide the necessary resources to give children in underprivileged communities the opportunity to learn and play hockey. If you want more reasons to get into this tournament, they've got $10,000 in cash prizes that they are going to be giving out. They've got the winning team will be giving a donation to the charity of their choice. You will also get a chance to play with some NHL alumni. And for the third time, Liam, sticks-together-foundation.com. You've got four days to enter your team. Four days, Tyler. We had Gord from Cattail Crossing on the Real Life podcast yesterday. And actually, Cattail's doing a bunch of cool stuff. One, this tournament, $10,000 in cash and prizes for the winner and a donation. It's all cool, like you said. But they do a bunch of other cool stuff. They have in the a frozen mini golf course out there. Oh. I dig it. So it's like, you know, you start on like a little patch of grass and you got to putt along like ice and then you get to the hole. So shuffleboard cool. meets curling meets golf. Yeah. And they also it. have cur- outdoor curling. They got a rink you can stay on, skate on. It's like a whole winter club out there. Very cool stuff. Mm. Earlier on, we were talking about the trade deadline. First round pick specifically. Uh, the other day, Ken Holland was on the Got Your Back podcast. That's Ryan Rashog's podcast. And there was a couple of quotes that stuck out to me that I wanted to share with you boys just to get your takes. And I quote, regardless of the names, we're dollar in, dollar out. So if we're bringing in people with big cap numbers, we're going to have to do some real gymnastics here to move people out. When you're in a long-term injury situation like we are, it's much more difficult at the trade deadline. I would like to do something. Am I convinced I will do something? I don't know. Again, I don't expect him to say anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's right. I mean, we're, where we're sitting right now, if you're going to bring in a big cap, money has to go out. Yep. Period. And when we're in LTIR, like the way we are, we don't get to bring a guy in at the last quarter of his contract at $4 million and bring him in at a million. We have to try and get his whole $4 million under the under the wire. So, yeah. The only, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't expect Ken Allen to say anything else really. It's not surprising, but I mean, the only thing like, I do miss right, is though. having him do a press conference where he explains LTIR. That's always my favorite. Talks it's about an the guy adventure in record book a little bit. Yeah. Guy in record bird. Everybody's favorite. Like is the, the guy guy's not going to come out and be like NHL GMs. I'm a little desperate right now. Listen, I I'm feeling the heat. Connor and Leon are a little pissed. We're not adding. Um, so it's just whenever he like, I saw that he was on some pods and doing media availabilities. I didn't even listen. I was like, there's even nothing of value here. When I saw him on the broadcast yesterday, I was like, I'm going to take a bathroom break. Cause like, what's he going to say? How about this quote then for you, Tyler? Once Yamamoto comes off the LTIR and no one else goes on, I've got some really difficult decisions to make. All of our bottom of the roster players are going to be involved in that decision to decide they can't all stay. Mm-hmm. How do you no think shit. they'll determine that? I think Warren <laughs> Fogel is going to get injured this weekend. <laughs> Holland beats him with a tire <laughs> just, iron. No, it's just like Warren, your shoulder is hurt. It's like, oh, <laughs> is it? Like you're nursing that injury. And they just rotate that throughout the year. They sit yeah. in the room and they like have like more they have names in a hat. Yeah. Then they pull Connor and Leon's out and they're like, you guys are fine. <laughs> and they go, ah, the bottom, the bottom roster <laughs> yeah. guys are all in the hat. And yeah. Clouder. High, it's like an ad lib. <laughs> they pull from one hat for the player, yeah. then one hat for the injury. Yep. McLeod, high ankle sprain. Ah, and then they all laugh. Uh, the third hat that says what's our LTIR what's our cap waivers? situation right now with he, with him on not good with him on LTIR. What's our space? Cloud. Uh, according oh. to Cap Friendly, the Oilers have one point one million dollars in cap space currently. One point one. So we have to move two million dollars in order to get Yamamon. Yep. All right. And there's a couple of uh, names that are in that window. Seems like 
Now, I don't want to mention the name personally because last week when I mentioned it, some of you got mad about it. <laughs> What's Hamlin make? Not enough. enough. <laughs> he's, he's seven something, right? Someone yeah, making like more than 1.1 has to go on waivers. Okay, Somebody who may have been a healthy scratch a couple of games in a row could be that guy, but I don't know who that is. Mm, could be anyone. At Dumba. Yep. Yep. Oh, they probably would trade him. I, I just... You're taking a if, risk by if, putting him on LTI or by, by putting him on why well, waiver is actually one of our better moves. If we can get him in the AHL, just because if we do have an injury, we can call him back up again. Now, would it be for the purpose of assignment though, or would it be just to put him through? I think, yeah, I think he'd have, it's a long-term issue. It's not like the cap space is going to like change in the next week. It throw him down there. I just, for me, if they put Holland on waivers, it's not any, they put Holland, Holland on waivers. On waivers. Oh, <laughs> Hey, Holland, who, who that's you five million bucks to? right there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Who's he been talking to? He didn't tell us before the pod. He's breaking this out of the pod. If Holland puts Pugliarvi on waivers. 1.2, right? Or 1. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a savings. But a lot, it seems like a lot of people are like, oh, it's just the ultimate sign of a failure. And it's like, well, you know, if someone out there was willing to give Holland a third round pick, he wouldn't put him on waivers. He would do the trade, right? Like, it's not like Ken Holland has like a stack of like eight good offers in front of him and is like, nah, waivers, waivers. We're well, the waive rumor him. was that there was a trade on the table. So I'm curious to see if that was what it is or where, where it went away or how it went away. Or Because now the Oilers are in a spot where they're hamstrung and they're desperate and no GM's going to sit there and be like, how are we desperate? Because otherwise, Pugliarvi has to go on waivers now. So maybe a team was offering him something a month ago, and then now is like, wait, you might put him on waivers tomorrow? Sure. But what of that team is happens to be in the top six? Yep. They need 25 wow. other teams to say no on them. No team in the top six is touching him. I think this is going to be a very real look at what the value of him is at this point. That was my moment. point, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you're, if you're a GM who's thinking about adding him, you have to realize that, you know, it starts at the bottom end and anybody can grab him first, so maybe it is worth your draft pick at that point. But maybe now you can get it's him not going to be a very high drop pick to begin with, but maybe now you can get him for free. Yeah. But you have to go through X amount of players. Yeah, but I just teams don't, first. I don't think any GM is like, Oh, I missed out on Jesse Pugliarvi. So this year is over. Like I just like the waiver. No, but when you're looking out for a, when you're looking at a, adding a player, regardless of the name, um, yeah. if you're like, okay, it's a third, but I can put him, but he may go on waiver. I can get him for free. Well, I could lose him. I could target him. You could deal with the team that picked him up. If you I really don't think want. that's going to change anything. Yeah. Chris Johnson on TSN was making the point that like, if he clears, he's eligible to go down and that could improve his trade value. I don't How? know. Because it's like I Clint Costin, right? The Oilers traded for Clint Costin after he cleared waivers. So they could just throw him right in Bakersfield and not have to risk. Doesn't affect your roster. Yeah. It doesn't oh, affect your yeah, roster. Okay. The second, you don't, okay, you don't have to put him on waivers yourself. You can throw him right in the American league for a couple weeks and call him up. My counterpoint to that is like the teams we're talking about here with interest in Pugliarvi are not in the playoff race. And I don't think they would want Pugliarvi in the American League anyways. They want to see what he can do on their NHL roster. So I'm not sold on that. But I mean, Chris Johnson's obviously more plugged in than I am. So I can I see the line of thinking. Is is Adam Earn good? Mm-mm. Is he better than Pugliarvi? Mm-mm. Not in my opinion. I, Are they like relatively close? I'm just thinking because he makes about three million. And he makes he's just three million? Cleared, I think he's 3.1. And he just oh cleared waivers God. the other day. It's just, I think that's the thing, right? Like, it was funny a few years ago when the others put Tyler Benson on waivers and everyone was like, well, he's gone. And then he just cleared multiple times. That's what others fans are like. We just overrate everybody on our own roster. Exactly. So I'm just curious to see, like, 
can he just make it through? Yeah, I think like, he will. I think he probably could. A lot that, of people that's, like, like, gone, like, that's actually gone. a really good situation. Well, I mean, it's a it's a positive situation for us because if then we, goes, we yeah, because yeah. we still have him at once the once the cap goes away. Does it? Yep. Is it yeah. like day one of the playoffs? Yep. Is it the cap yeah. goes away. Yep. Yeah. So you can bring him back up because I still think if if you just put him on waivers, he goes away. We're f- very we're very thin on the right side to begin with. You're taking a serious, serious chance by letting him walk and then not knowing exactly how durable uh, Yamamoto is going to be going forward. We, yeah, you lose both those guys and that's not really good at all. Because the moves he got are one waivers. Seems like it's how I'm coming Two trade three. Try and figure a way to keep them and try and figure out a way by sending other people down. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen either. Because even Shore's on the roster right now, Hamlin, but that's only like 1.6 or 7, right? Yeah, something like that. So that's not even enough. Yeah, so you're going to have to send away at least three guys and they're just way short. Yeah, we can't do that. Yep. Just do, do what my beer league team does. 10-man roster. All you need is a couple lines of forwards, 4D. It's fine. Yeah. Or just like when we were in the Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament. Two subs, that's it. Yep. Figure it out, boys. You're NHLers. It's your job. Yeah. Mm. NBA players play most of the game. Figure mm-hmm. it out. You know, I, I, I still feel like we're getting a trade. I just, I have a hard time believing Pugliarvi is going to go on waivers. I have I, a hard I time too. It just like, it bums me out that this is the spot we're in. We came into this season with such high hopes and now we're fucking 52 games into the year and we're like, wow, he might go on waivers and get scooped for free. And you're like, you know, I'm really? telling you, man, we do that. We're really testing it with our fucking right side. Cause I just don't think anybody playing on the roster right now is at their best on the right wing. If you were to shift someone Hyman. over. Oh. No, yeah. Hyman's best on the left. But Cole Hyman can do best it. on the left. They he can, but Eric Cole, Eric Cole all over again. Maybe not to that extent, but yeah. I just think like. They are definitely shy on the right side. Yeah. And there's nobody in the AHL that's ready to roll. October, sure. Right now, no. I'm just very torn because he hasn't played for like three games and I haven't even noticed. Like if he's not playing, like it doesn't matter to me anymore. I noticed last night. That, that wasn't, there? wasn't there. Yeah. I didn't know. There's a little, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of the four check that was missing. Maybe. Um, yeah. Like it's not a lot, but there are some little things for sure. And so I like, I don't notice when Fogel doesn't play too most of the time. So it's not just Pugliave, but it's just Fogel like, stands out when he plays he, he, well. And yeah. then he disappears if he's not playing well. Exactly. So if he's not playing, it's just like, he's not playing well. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, like my dad texted me the other day. He's like, is Pugliave out? And he was like, the Detroit game is like the middle of the second. I was like, oh yeah. I just realized. I think some of these, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see him getting claimed. I was just looking through. There's been so many players with like similar cap hit to him. Like he were kind of having bad years too and just didn't get claimed. So we'll see. I hope he just gets traded. If we're going to put him on waivers anyway, just trade him. Surely there's something you can get for him, right? But we need a right winger back. I'll play. Because right. looking at it right now, well, too, like it's $3 million salary too. No. So. He's got, uh, according to cap friendly, he's got about 1 million and change left on the deal this year. I, I think you don't necessarily need a right winger because you have forwards that can flip flop a little. I don't think any of those guys that can flip on that side are at their best. Who are right? Hyman, Hyman's not, Hyman's better as a lefty. Yeah. Yanmark is, Yanmark's right in the, Yanmark's on the fourth line of, uh, in a perfect situation anyways. Yeah. Um, Fogel there, I think he's best on the left. Clem, I think is best on the left. McLeod's better, to, to be fair, I think McLeod's better in the middle, but they're just running out of spots, mm. places for him. And same with Holloway. I just don't think anybody, and then 
what happens if Yam goes, goes down again? You're if Derek Ryan in the spot. Yeah. He's right there. That's ter- That's terrifying. I just, I, I think there's enough versatility, but you're right. Like having a right hander would make sense, but I wish you could, could get a left hander. Yeah. You could get a left hander who just, who you're confident enough can play that side. I've got a name for you. Hand. Appearing on Frank Saravalli's daily face off a trade board. He is listed as a center, but he does shoot right. Sam Lafferty. Kills penalties one point. What's the cap on that? 1.15. And it's next year too. Yep. So you're getting a guy league min. He's scoring at an okay clip. He's got eight goals, nine assists for 17 points, 43 games with the Blackhawks this year. So, you know, Ryan McLeod, Warren Fogel level production, I suppose, but he's really good on the penalty kill. There's apparently a lot of interest in this guy because he skates like a demon. Like he's fast Four checks hard. Mentioned the penalty killing twice already. I can see why teams are interested. I think paying more than like a third for him is a mistake just because I don't know if he's, he doesn't have a ceiling. That's more than a third line winger at best. I think he's a guy the Oilers would like because he fits their supposed goal of becoming harder to play against. But like that can't be the ad. No, that's like a nice addition right now. No, I'm just thinking about like, if we're talking about a guy who can play on the right side, I know he's listed as a center. Well, there's one that has been tied to the other. Yeah. So like you get him and then you aim higher with a centerman or a left winger. And Lafferty is kind of like the piece you bring in because you've traded Fogel and Pugliarvi. Lafferty would be like your fourth liner and your first pinnacle. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah. And I think not great, but Pugliarvi can still play in your middle six. Yeah. Third line is probably best for him right now. And honestly, like struggles. I'm thinking about what you said, if he just clears waivers, having him play in Bakersfield wouldn't be the worst thing either. <sighs> I think he's playing. I think at this stage in his career, that's a tough hill. Yeah, but you know mentally, what? Sure. It's sure, a tough hill it's- mentally, but then all of a sudden you go down there, you get a goal or two. Cause you're playing with some skilled guys, big minutes down in Bakersfield. You start feeling better about your game. Yeah. Can help. I'm just thinking about the see. human side of the player. How old is Yasu? I'm just not sure if him going down to Bakersfield actually makes him feel better about his game. No, that's what well, I he can't gonna, feel any worse than he does right now. If I think you could, uh, how league, he's just league flying, sitting on the bus, just little things like that. It's a like, lot of long days, long nights. Yeah, and well, like yeah, I would be like I'd have a sports therapist with him in a second. But like this situation is clearly not working. Yeah. Because he's not even playing. He's not even in the lineup. Jay Woodcroft would rather not have him play. And that's yes with and Yamamoto no. still out. <laughs> so, like, realistically, when Yamamoto's back, like, Pugliarvi's a couple rungs out of the lineup if they keep going 11 and 7. Like, yeah, but that's if, but let's say, if Fogel didn't score two on uh, yeah, against he, Detroit, if he had a bad game with Detroit, you never know. They could have swapped him from the Philly. We but did, but he but did he, score two. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah. I know 1,000%. I'm just saying, like, if Fogel drops again and kind of disappears again or has, you know, some of those games, then that's kind of where you, you kind of flip them in and out of each other. But yeah, definitely there, when Pooley ever is getting his opportunities. He's not putting them in the net. Like, uh, like Fogel is unfortunately one of those two just ain't going to be here a week from now. <laughs> Most likely. And, you know, in theory, based on production, there's a chance neither could be by starting next season. Anyway, mm-hmm. I think there's a chance neither is here by March 3rd. I think there's a more than 50% chance. Neither's here by March 3rd. Really? I think so. Like you're going to need to clear out money to make moves. You think so? Well, you know, so I think so. I'm ah, not an insider <laughs> except for that one time. <laughs> uh, that was a big week. That was a big week. 
That was a big week. That's why we call him Tyler Scoops. You know what I mean? Tyler Snoops. Yeah, Tyler Snoops. If you Snoop, missed Oilers Nation Snoop. every day yesterday, Tyler looked great in a Snoopy costume. Aye, aye, aye. You know what I mean? Our shows need more of that stuff. I agree. Tyler's more bets. Me dressed in costume. Well, that yes. Disagree. But also <laughs> just like bets and I like know, bets. Wagers. I got a lot of Halloween costumes. That we did learn about you. You have a lot of options. There. You just had that thing hanging in your closet? Maddie has a been family costume closet. Yeah. Big furry family. (laughs) 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 All right. Liam's uh, wearing a towel or a, and, a tail right now, but how is it attached? <laughs> you can cut that. The thing was, too, I talked. <laughs> you can cut that. <laughs> Put an M next to it. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. You know what? Time for an ad. We need a hard reset. We're pausing for an ad, everybody. <laughs> Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Uh, <laughs> uh, shit, man. Oh, boy, oh, boy. For our friends at Betway. I want to talk about what you guys have been doing for the first couple of games back. Um, I haven't done well. Liam, myself, and Jay are doing a new game day big bet challenge, courtesy of our friends at Betway, where we are tracking how well we do. Liam, what's your record? 0-2. Oh Jay, what's your record? 0-2. Oh oh two. Two. Tyler, what's your record? 2-0, oh, players. What was your bet? Let's tell everyone your bets, Tyler. Oilers puck line, minus one and a half, plus 150 against Detroit, cashed it. Nice. Against Philly, parlayed on the Betway pre-built player bets. McDavid and Kane to both get at least three shots on net. Oh, nice. Nailed I it. Did. Minus 118. McDavid to score two against Detroit. Points. No, it was goals. It was goals. And then yesterday I did McDavid to score three points. Neither of them hit. Jay did two different parlays. Oilers to win. Uh, over six and a half. This was against Detroit. And then McDavid two points. McDavid missed on that one. And yesterday he did over... Five and a half and an Oilers win. 
I've been getting absolutely annihilated here. Let me just walk through what I've hit of my eight bets I've put down on OilersNation.com over the last two games. I've hit one. Thankfully, it was Ryan Nugent Hopkins to get a goal and an assist against Detroit. So yeah. that was plus 350. How big was the fist pump when he buried that power oh, play mark? I, I punched a hole through my roof. It was like one of those uh, street fighter horror. You can like tiger uppercuts. Um, but so far, had it not been for that bet, whoa, the old bankroll would have took a sweet pummeling. Because last night, as an example, mm-hmm. Hyman, three and a half shots, did not hit it. That's two games in a row now that I bet on that. Wow. Power play goals, did not hit it. Two games in a row. You kind of need a power play. You need a power play to get a power play goal. That yeah. is true. That what, what, what did Hyman finish after shots? Three. And what did you need him? Four. Both so, games. Oh, so if that, uh, the disallow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then I also had Leon Dreisaitl to score a goal and an assist last night. That was not Leon's game last night. Sure wasn't. I'm not sure that was Leon. He's just doing too much. They're just trying. To, I don't it's try too cute by half is how I Yeah, just it. getting too fancy. Like he's got to simplify the game. Because yeah. if you've heard me on this podcast say respect the blue lines. Last night, the giveaway that ended up in the back of the other's net, Leon was trying to force a pass through three guys at the blue line. Like, come on, man. It just, it was one of those ones where he flushes it and he's got to move on. But it's funny because I think Tyler had tweeted about Leon's backhand passes. Was that the Detroit He's playing game? three on three. And he's like, oh, this is terrible. Something like that. And like 30 seconds later, he just oh. feathered that one across. You're like, all right, well, I guess he still can do yeah, it. Yeah, it was the breakaway to end the second period against Philly when he could have just clean shot on Carter Hart. Also, Leon Dreisaitl was like seven shots in his last five games. Does someone need, I think we need to show him a montage of like him firing pucks into the net and be like, hey man, you have one of the best shots in the NHL. Like, <laughs> shoot it but he, yeah he fired that blind backhander and i said leon playing like it's the three on three in the all-star yeah. the way he was just what and then yeah he made the one that the oilers scored on but it got disallowed yeah either way what'd you think about that disallowed it made sense it made sense but i didn't like it did you listen to low tide at all today uh no i was on he said something did he compare it to a song from 1986 no he said it was uh whatever Five. defenseman that was in there is that his stick was the one that created the issue. That's exactly what I said. If that stick is not in there, Warren Fogle does not fall down. Yeah. And then it's not as bad as it is, but it is what it is. I got it, but I didn't like it. And yeah. we were trying to figure out how many on Oilers nation every day today. We were trying to figure out how many goals Hyman has had disallowed. Five. Now is it, is it five, it's five, six, seven? No one knows the exact It'll number. I'm be assuming 20. that Reed's got it right. And I believe he tweeted yeah. out last night, five. He'd be top 10 in goals. If they counted. I give that Reed Wilkins stat three out of 85 reads. If you know, you know, ask the idiots gentlemen for our friends at AMA travel. We are going to Toronto March 10th to 12th. Our friends at AMA travel have put together a hell of a trip that includes staying at the Royal York hotel downtown. It includes watching the game in a suite. It includes your food in that suite. Head on over to nationgear.ca, get the details. We're selling out. We've got very few spots left on this trip, and I encourage you to snap up one of the ones that we have left so you can come stare at Tyler all weekend with me. We'll just post up in a corner and stare at Tyler all weekend long. We'll take pictures of him. We'll make memes. We'll have plenty of laughs. Mm-hmm. 
And just because he's very handsome. I'm jealous of Tyler's shoes today. That's I'm wearing new shoes. I bought Fresh them kicks. before going to the All-Star game because I said, I told Bag Milk this, I needed a pair of sneakers. You know when you see like Arash Madani on Sportsnet and he's just rocking like sweet Nike kicks with his suit? Oh, yeah. I was like, I need a pair like that. So when I go on these trips, I don't need to pack dress shoes. That was the motivation behind these. He called them his dress sneakers. I got to say though, like wearing them on like a day like today... Now you're getting ballsy. There's a lot of white I, on there. Yeah, there's a lot it's of just so dirty, so dirty out there. And this is the first time I've worn them since I got back. And as soon as I stepped outside of my truck parking at Nation headquarters, I was like, "Damn it!" Almost wrapped them up you in plastic some, bags. I was gonna say you need some yep. Sorels so you get inside oh, some, and use those as indoors. Like I, my white shoes are all just sitting on the. Uh, Dan's also rocking. May I say, custom Nikes with his name on them. So. Those have your name on them. They sure do. I just got, uh, yeah, I just got brand new Nikes uh, this weekend. So I feel nice. like we're burying the lead here a little bit. I just got these yeah. at a store. Oh, what's that? <laughs> custom yeah, shoes. What do you mean I, you got custom kicks? Uh, so, yeah, two years ago, my wife bought me shoes that were from Nike Customs, and yeah. I absolutely loved them. They, like, changed running for me. So then I found these. These are all weather running shoes, so now I can run in the snow like I'm running on a street. It's I noticed, unreal. I know we're a big Nike family in here right now. We are. Hey, everyone's got Nikes. <laughs> Everybody's got them on new movie. Dang. Uh, I can't yeah. wait for that. That movie looks us. great. You know what the thing is going to cost me though. I'm probably going to end up buying at least two pairs of Jordans before. Yeah. I just bought two pairs of Nikes that are been delivered at my house today. They're waiting for me. I love that. I'm going to be good living. living large, living large. Ask the idiots boys. We got four questions today. Uh, this one came in from Landon and just as a note, this came in, Last weekend, we did not do uh, Ask the Idiots on Tuesday. So this is about the All-Star game. What should the NHL realistically do to make the All-Star weekend more watchable for the fans at home? Dan? Uh, I think make the All-Star skills competition more like the Olympics and the All-Star game, sell it to Disney. What do you mean more like the Olympics? Uh, Just like very like statistical and very record based. And that's it. It's just business. You come in, you do it and you get out of there. One of my answer for this is I think Tyler said it when we were talking about the all-star game earlier in the week was just, let's get things moving along. Yep. When you're doing one event, set up the next event, just bang, bang, bang order of operations. Let's go. It did not need to be three hours. No Rick player buy-in. You get the players to buy in. Doesn't matter what you do. It'll look incentivize them player buying you guys are out there selling yourselves selling your league get out there and put in some effort you saw what the the nfl did this year put in some fucking effort not that much to ask liam me yep i would tell the players to watch the nba all-star skills comp this weekend and see the buy-in from them i'm just going to piggyback off rick i think it's down to the players i've said the draft a bunch the draft would be awesome but just based off what they're doing right now yep it's all about the players actually doing something because I think the competitions are there to be, to be watched. But even if you did a draft and they put in the effort they put in, it's not going to change anything. Right. I mean, it gives you, it gives you a cool aspect to watch that yeah. so we enjoyed that part, yeah. but if they come out and, and not 100%. really try, then it doesn't fucking matter anymore. Yeah. Tyler. Yeah. I would, you need buy-in from the players in some way and you need to make the events tighter. I almost think in a way that would result in the players trying and having a little bit more fun. If they know they only got to be there for an hour and a half. Throw a couple shots back in the room and boom, live it up. Have a good time. Smile a uh, little. The speeding it up wouldn't change the television audience too much, though, because there's a lot of stuff in between that you got to watch. They, they have breakdown of players, commercials, whatever. Oh, that. But like, when you're in the arena, I could tell definitely I agree with you there. But the other thing, too, is like 
So they come out for the skills competition and they intro every player. I don't know if it was like this on TV, but it was like, yeah. like introduce the players. And then they go to their first event and they're like introducing the players in the event. And you're like, we've done this already. It's, it's the all-star game. Just we all know who they are. Yeah. Cause the thing is too, the way you could just intro them is like up next. Kale McCaw, like from the abs. Intro them all as one. And then, okay, here comes the fastest skater. These are the six guys in there. First up is him and him and go. Yeah. Um, Do the players get anything for winning that competition? I don't know. I just, cause in the NBA, they all get, they get rewarded for winning. But for the all-star game, they get a million bucks if they're on the winning team and the players still don't care. That's 50 grand. 100 grand. There's 10 players on a team. Oh, is it, I guess that's like an NHL roster. Question number two, Liam, reverse the order. Here we go. Who exits Calgary first, Sutter or Huberto? <laughs> Sutter. Jesus. No, one guy signed to an eight-year deal that doesn't start till next year. So it's it's the other guy. It's Sutter. Rick? Yeah, it's Sutter. He's half on the, he's half on the farm yeah. anyway. I think Huberto is going to nullify his contract this summer. Yep. He's, I'm just going to say, uh, Jonathan Huberto, he will not play a single like, game for the Flames after this week. It's like the conspiracy theory <laughs> that the Canucks hired Rick Tockett to make Oliver Ekman Larson retire because Tockett and Ekman Larson don't like each other. Well, oh, from Phoenix. Yeah. Away she goes. Question number three, Dan, reversed order again. Uno. I noticed that in the addition to McDavid, Nuge is approaching a milestone 600 points. He's got 590 as we're recording today. Needs 10 points to get there. So when are we celebrating that 600th point for Ryan Nugent Hopkins? So while you're thinking about it, I've got the schedule open here. So this weekend, we've got two games against one against the Sens, the Montreal Canadiens, and then Detroit, New York Rangers, Colorado, Philly, Pittsburgh, Columbus, and Boston to round out the month. Do you think he does it this month, first of all? And if so, is there a game in there where you go, you know what? He can get 10 points by then. Yes, he does it. And he does it on the 27th against Boston. Love that, Rick. First against Toronto. First against Toronto. Tie guy. 10 points for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And Toronto, he needs 10 more points. I'll say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, uh, The Saturday, the 25th against Columbus. That's also what I'm saying is Saturday, the 25th against Columbus. Liam? That's eight games away. He's been on a better pace than that this year, I think. I'll say pens on the 23rd. There we go. Can uh, can I take this a different way with our young lad, Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Please. He has how many more years left on that deal still? Six more? Who's going to be here first? Ryan or <laughs> Daryl Sutter or Ryan Nugent Hopkins? No. Um, so yeah, sorry. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six more years left on that contract. Right now he is ninth all time in Oilers scoring. Sorry, I'm trying to do this live. Glenn Anderson would be... He's fourth right now, but McDavid and Dreisler are going to get him. 906 minus 590 is 316. <laughs> what is that? Can, 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 can Nugent Hopkins air? pass Glenn Anderson on the all-time scoring in his career? Does yes. Nugent Hopkins have three, 316 more points in yes. six years? Yes. He should, right? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. I have I have Nugent like 460 more points. Yeah. Which would put him... Um, so can Nuge, Nuge could become... Next to Gretzky, Curry, and Messier, one of the only Oilers to hit a thousand points. And also he would be the first, he would be then, I think next to Gretzky, the only player to do it all or to get a thousand points as an Oiler. Connor could do it next year. How many points did Lowe have? Lowe is 383. Yeah. Yeah. I I do enjoy how you called Ryan Nugent Hopkins the young lad. 
Because <laughs> he's a baby face. Right? <laughs> he's always my guy's aging like titanium. Last question. And I'm going to start with Dan because he runs hockeyfights.com. Do you agree with the way the NHL has trended over the last handful of years where players often have to fight after a clean hit? Obviously, this one comes up for the Kadri and Truba thing the other day. Uh, yeah. So this is a debate that has raged on on hockey fights for a long time. Uh, I don't necessarily agree that the trend is continue or is starting just now. Uh, if you go back, you know, into the nineties and into the two thousands, uh, a lot of fights happened after clean hits, after big hits, because the reality is, is that when I'm skating up the ice and my teammate gets hit, I'm not necessarily looking at him. And then I'm just seeing the result of it afterwards that my guy's dead on the ice and your guy isn't. So I'm mad at your guy. I go and grab him. It's still, it's still a fight that you have to agree to. So I, I don't necessarily believe that, that there's anything wrong with it. And it's like, it's just the way that it's the way that toughness and, and, and fighting has gone in this game. You don't have so much of the, the squaring up off the face off draws as you do the reactionary play. Rick, do you like the fights after a cleanup? I like all fights. I think it it depends on your players though. Like if Connor gets laid out, everyone's going to lose their shit. If the, if an oiler doesn't go get them. Right. But if it's, you know, say maybe if shore gets lit up, where, Liam will go this, fight him. Yeah, no, yep. Liam's coming on the ice, no problem. You know what I'm saying though, but I think it's certain players and certain things. But and and everybody took out the face-off fight, which would have dealt with this then. Like you don't jump him then. Like fine, we'll we'll all right, we'll go at the face-off. But everyone's like, no, we can't do that. It's all premeditated. Well, every fucking fight is premeditated. Tyler. Well, no, most are. I know not everyone, but. <laughs> um. <laughs> Taking your number is premeditation too. I I like, uh, I like standing up for your teammates. I don't think it's like a crazy big problem. And like Dan said, like you could, you could not drop your gloves, right? Like when the guy comes at you, you could just bear hug him and be like, I'm not doing this. But if you want to be a guy who plays a physical game once in a while, you're going to have to answer the bell. And that's the nature of the sport. I agree. Okay. I think that fighting is good in hockey. I think the other day when Detroit played, the Oilers, that need, game needed a fight. Yep. We got one when the buzzer sounded, but that game needed a fight and it would have calmed down a lot. I think when you see someone like that to what Dan said, like you don't always see it. And also the guy isn't stood there thinking, you know what? That was clean. I'm good. Sorry, Nazim. We're going to go and try and keep playing here. It's funny. You're like, no, I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy because he just knocked him guys to his ass. It's like, funny because there's that video going around right now that's like Clem on the bench. With, I can't remember what he's talking, but he's talking about like, you just like, I, I don't know what happened. I looked over, you were on the ice. I thought it was time to go. And I don't know if it's McLeod or Holloway. He's like, no, man, I just fell. Like I just fell. And he's like, oh, I thought I was going to go fight. He's like, no, no, I just like fell. So it's funny that that kind of stuff yeah. happens too, right? It's just like, like, I don't know if everybody obviously doesn't have a sibling in here, but it's like, you see your sibling get hit. You don't necessarily think like Liam said, you're not thinking, Oh, I wonder if they deserved it. It's I'm going to fight for my sibling and that's it. And that's just the, and that's just the response that you have. And, and you know, is it the best thing in the world? Maybe not, but hell it's allowed. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really, it only, only serves to get the fans up on their feet. I personally love it. 
I, I think scraps in hockey is one of the things that makes this sport really unique. And I like the way that the players can police some aspects of the game themselves. And I also give huge props to a guy like in this specific case, because I know we're talking about Truba and Kadri. Dubé stepping in there right away and going with a much bigger guy in Jacob Truba. I've got a lot of respect for the guys that do it and that play that way and stick up for their teammates. So I don't mind it whatsoever. It builds team spirit. I just, that's the thing, right? Like you, you get on that plane as Kadri later and Truba's train trolley do and nobody stood up for you. It's a different feeling than yep. you got on that plane and you look at Dubé and he's got a shiner on his eye because he fought Truba for you. All it's for one. A it's a smaller example, but earlier in the season when Fogel gave that suicide pass to Holloway and he right. got his head taken off and then Fogel immediately got in there. Like that wasn't that Holloway's like third or fourth game in the league. Yeah, I know something it was like that. Pass and it, he had to do it. But you know, but like, like that's Holloway not the play though. But Holloway made the mistake there by taking sure. it. Because we've balls, seen right? it. I hate this play, but they do it all the time where they fight around the yeah. boards, the one guy, and all you're supposed to do is tip it in. But <laughs> he picked it up and tried to go with it. But now Holloway gets to the bench and he's already down himself because he what he do, just yeah. done to Vancouver. He just got himself blown up. And now we sat there, well, at least my teammates got my back. Yeah. Yep. Got your back. <laughs> no uh, it's the podcast by Ryan Rashock. <laughs> <laughs> go listen to that one. <laughs> Probably better than this one. Uh, all right. We got ask the idiots coming up. That's done. I should say hot, cold performance coming up just real quick. We got two games this weekend, Ottawa and Montreal. I say the Oilers win both of those games. I think tomorrow's against Ottawa will be a greasier one. Uh, I just, I really like Brady Kachuk and he's a guy that'll mix it up. Um, so I think the Oilers win both four, two wins on both. Dan, what do you think? Two games this weekend, Ottawa and Montreal. I'll say, I'm going to think, I think they're going to come out big tomorrow. I'll say 5-1 against Ottawa. And then Montreal is just. Montreal's also on the second half of back-to-back as uh, well. Oh, that changes everything. I'm going to say 5-1 again. Montreal both wins 5-1. Rick. We win both games. Tyler. Yeah, they win them both. They blow one out and the other one's like a tighter game. Liam. They'll win both and they'll score a power play in both because we'll finally get one. Empty netter. Couple empty notice. <laughs> I hate the I I despise these ten thirty a.m. games. Though. Me too. Like oh. here's well, it's one thing to have one. It's another thing to have two of them. And then just it's the Super Bowl on Sunday. Just don't I'm play. I'm even okay with the Super Bowl one. The whatever you got to squish in the game. Fine. You probably should just avoid Super Bowl Sunday to begin with. But whatever, it gives me something to do before that because I've watched nothing besides Super Bowl coverage up until now. What they're ta- talking about Sunday, I've watched it already. So I need someone else to watch. But these 1030, I despise them. They're not great. And like, even just if I'm going to be a whiner here for a second, the amount of work we have to do behind the scenes for a game day thing to get done. First thing, like Tyler's doing a live show at 10 a.m. I'm going to have two articles up on the nation by nine o'clock in the morning. Like, stop it. I want to be up by then. You're going to be at the gym. You'll have already had a pump. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to say, how dare you? I've watched your Instagram. I've got a pump of cream in my coffee and that's about it. Or maybe not after a prior conversation. Yeah, you're going to get gout if you keep keep putting cream in your coffee. Yeah, black coffees. Yeah, just black coffees only for everybody. Uh, and water so we don't get those goes my kidney stones. Or yeah, whatever. no kidney stones. Put a little uh, citrus in your water as well if you the, got a chance. The pre-pod conversation was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought this show was going to go right in the health base. Gouters. <laughs> it was deep in the, the gouters. All right, Gene. Back Milk's laptop. <laughs> All right, we got hot, cold performance to do. I got to get my buttons ready here. But first, uh, real quick, because it is a Super Bowl on Sunday. What's your prediction, Liam? 
Thirty-seven, thirty-four. Philly. I was just—I was wondering if you could remember the score he picked. (laughs) Uh, I'm picking Philly because I just mostly want to watch a Eagles fan eat a piece of shit again. Jesus, I do not remember that at all. He picked up a horse horse turd turd, and bit it like an apple. They'll. They'll do that where they win or lose. Man. <laughs> so, so thing to think too, of. I got like a vomit flavor in my mouth. Oh. It's just a quick munch, you know? No, I don't think I don't it tastes know. like vomit. I think it tastes like horse poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enough. 36 33 for someone. For whom? Is that what you said on Eagles. I don't know. I think so. I'm betting on Goddard and Kelsey. That's all I care about. Eagles Rick? three, Chiefs two. Wow, low scoring effect. We got a couple of rouges in there. Safety safety and field goal. goal. Yeah, yeah. Worst super. I'm on the Chiefs ever. Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. All right, gentlemen. It is time to get our veggies down. It is cold performers of the week. Liam, you're first. Uh, My cold performer of the week. I wish I could think of a fun one, but there was an unfortunate situation at the Shore Park Arena the other day. Everyone came out on K. But it wasn't great at the time. I won't disclose any details. Everyone's seen it, but I'm just glad Mr. Gately's okay and we'll be good to go in a month or so. Yeah, I don't his even want to. His leg got real cut open. Opened That's a portal to his leg. <laughs> Those, I don't yeah. even want to give that a button. It was awful. Well, Disgusting. It, yeah. <laughs> that is not the button I thought I was pushing. All right, Tyler, you're up next. You're a cold performer of the week. Co-performer of the week is going out to, and I love that these guys are my co-performer of the week, the Calgary Flames and the Seattle crack and the Kraken are showing some cracks and hey, the flames lost hey, to Gene. the flames <laughs> lost to the wings last night, which is hilarious. Co-performer of the week. They suck. It's cool when they do it. It's a problem when I do it. Fuck them. <laughs> Rick, you're up next. You're a cold performer of the week. It's the it's the double edge of sort of Super Bowl. It's the last football game, last NFL game at least for God knows how long. So it's, it's very sad. Boy, uh, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Nation Dan, you're a cold performer of the week. Uh, well, I'm putting a caveat out there that I have checked to make sure that he is okay because of this, but it's going to go to Rasmus Anderson for ruining scooters for the rest of us uh, by getting hit by a car in Detroit. Oh, that doesn't ruin a man. I've seen, I know all sorts of people have fallen on those things. I've never had an issue with one, but how about getting hit by a car? (laughs) Yeah, but we don't know how it happened. Those things go fast and they're like, you're not good on them. They're hard. What kind of scooter are we talking about? Like Like a line scooter. It was like, yeah. So so yeah, they only go 20, six o'clock in the evening. And, and anybody that's been around these scooters, I think we all say, like that it's just an accident waiting to happen. Well, Rasmus Anderson, you get my cold for the week because you got hit by a car. You're as cold as ice. And the joke on daily face off was that, uh, a player got hit by a car and it was out of the news cycle in like three hours. Cause Tarasenko got moved. <laughs> well, I, I was, it didn't get the, into the news cycle to the initial 12 hours afterwards. I'm yeah, just finding too. out about it right now. So, I mean, the Oilers were in town when it happened, weren't they? It was in Detroit. Do you think it was Uncle you're Ken? Probably, Is that what you're saying? Detroit. Allegedly, in my, yeah, your I'm opinion? I'm just saying. Who knows? It was Mike Smith. <laughs> uh, my cold performer of the week is... Hmm. You know what? I don't like how great this guy is today. I don't really have anything to <laughs> complain about. He literally just looked out the window, too. He's like, huh. Came up with this probably something form. there. I don't have anything that's really bothering me right now. So I like blue skies, and today is not very blue. What? I can't wait till those trees are green. <laughs> It's just we're getting to that point of the, the year. Sky then, will you? That's fine. I'll see green. We're getting to the point of the year where everything's very dirty and brown. It's been like this for like three weeks now. I, I know. know. It's just like that in between, like spring's almost here. It's not quite. Anyway, 
those are my crosses to bear, I suppose. Dan, we're flipping this around. Let's finish off with our dessert for the week. The hot performer of the week for you, Nation Dan. Uh, well, I think we saw their uh, their abilities come to the front uh, against Detroit. I'm going to give it to two guys that weren't on this team to start the year. It's Vinny DeHarnay and Clean Coston uh, for their ability to kind of get us out of the muck that we used to find ourselves deep in and we get distracted with and find ourselves losing from. The big guy is smoking hot. One thing I will say too that I really appreciate about Vinny DeHarnay is one plays a really simple game. I like that. Two, he's a fucking pterodactyl out there. His wingspan covers the Seaweed entire ice. Man. Three, the way he just kind of gets those quiet, sneaky wristers off from the point, and they just make their way through to the net. Often, Liam calls it his office. From his office. Man, yeah. Dude, he was going to fight two dudes. He had two guys. Yeah, he had them grabbed both, like yeah, both by the collar, and he like stood there and looked at the one on the left. And then kind of gave him a shot. Then he went back to the right and gave him a shot. He went back and neither one of these guys did a damn thing. I, no, he's terrifying. I have to get that clip of him talking to Heronic though, or Ronick there where it's where Ronick's like going at him. And then he's just like, do you want to do this? Oh, and then clean. the tone changed. <laughs> yeah, that's clean. That's clean. Yeah. That's why yeah. I get it. Uh, Rick, you're up next. You're hot performer of the week. The return of Tiger Woods. I know it's not till next week, but Hey, they told Hell us yeah. today that he's coming back. He's back in the PGA. I mean, what was it? A year ago now that he, uh, yeah, I got in that car accident. Yeah, damn near died and shit. So no, it's always fun to see Tiger back. So it's the return of Tiger. He's a hot guy. Also, the PGA documentary that's going on Netflix as well next oh, week. I'm super yeah. excited about that one. Yep. Oh, Drive to Survive soon too. Yep, Drive to Survive is coming up at oh, the oh. end of the month. Like, you really oh. got to pop this stuff out when it's snowy and cold so you can watch them when it's yeah, man. don't uh, want to be outside. Yeah. Have you guys watched Gunther's Millions? I started it. it Fascinating. Who's that? What's it about? It's about a dog. There's a million. Oh, yeah. It's a dog that got that. left like hundreds of million dollars in its owner's will. Just wait. The story gets crazy. It's so odd. I is only like watch a limited series or a movie limited, limited series. series five mm. episodes nice. something like that. Yeah. Mm. Tyler up next year. Hot form of the week. I got a couple. Uh, first one to the fact right now, waste management open going on. One of the best golf tournaments of the year. Is that the party one? Yep. Yeah. Two Canadians currently in the top five. Neither's even teed off today yet. So there is a very real chance that we have two Canadians sitting right at the top of the leaderboard heading into the weekend at the waste management. So shout out to Nick Taylor and Adam Hadwin. They like to sing. Oh, Canada. Though. Pour it on. Yeah. And also something I love about like hockey culture in this country. I know that word maybe isn't the best one to use, but like I put out a call on Twitter four hours before my beer league game last week, which I wasn't even going to be at. And I was like, Hey, we need a goalie. And my DMS light up. People are like, yeah, I'd love to play. love to play. love to play. And I just love that. You can be like, Hey, need a, need an extra for a game of puck in four hours at nine o'clock at night. And a bunch of people are like, sure. Tell me the spot I'm in. What a great, what a great little community. It's so shout out to Dylan Cardinal. He stopped 38 of 40 shots between the pipes. Did anybody see Tyler release a playoff schedule today on Facebook? <laughs> so <laughs> my beer league team communicates in, I, I get cold form of the week for this. It's also not the first so time I've done it. Funny. My beer league team communicates in a private Facebook group. We have, you know, I put out the schedule. I ask if guys are going to miss games and everything. Got the playoff schedule, sent a big message to the team being like, here's the dates where we've asked to be blacked out. Here are the guys who aren't playoff eligible yet. You got to start showing up. I just straight up posted it on Facebook just for everyone to see. I don't like is that you are not the first person who like after the fact has been like, Hey, that's funny. You did that. Oh. Like, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> Cause we all thought we were added to the roster, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, I, thought I, was I, was in. I thought you let me know. Maybe. I actually screenshot uh, schedule. I thought I was playoff eligible. <laughs> I started, I was walking me. around, put me in coach. I'm ready to play, but guess not. Nope. 
Liam, your hot performer of the week. My hot performer of the week goes to the internet in this office for freezing mm. our live stream today and giving us an absolute masterpiece from <laughs> Tyler <laughs> So just go on Bag Milk's Twitter and you'll see the picture. It had me in tears whilst we were going through an internet disaster. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Feeling my hot performer of the week goes to Graydon Ryers. I believe, I'm sorry, I got your name wrong for sure. But you just won the trip to come to Toronto with us on Oilers Nation every day. Tyler did the draw. You won the trip. We are going to have a fantastic weekend. And from what I heard, this is young man is only 19 years old. So we are going to be having a big, big weekend in Toronto. That is a hell of a trip to win just for playing around with us on social. You won that by entering the contest on Twitter. So Graydon, you are my hot performer of the week. This is why I'm hot. I'm hot because I'm flat. You ain't because you're not. There you go. There you have it. Good pod. Another episode in the books. Final thoughts. Go crew. Uh huh. Shout out to Cattail Crossing Blades of Steel Pond Hockey Tournament again. Stick sticks together foundation. You've got only a handful of days left to enter your tournament. Also, a shout out to AMA Travel for putting together the Nation Vacation to Toronto, and of course, our friends at Betway for well trying to fill my jeans, but I'm just doing a poor job of executing my plays. And until next time, until Tuesday, we will be back. Two games this weekend. Enjoy Oilers Nation every day. Going live at what time, Tyler? 10 a.m. There you go. A little pregame show. Have a good weekend, everybody. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.